0: Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. And in this week's episode, we talk about a rustic converted bar and breakfast in Tomahawk, Wisconsin, taste a beer by Oso Brewing from Plover, Wisconsin, and offer some tips on vacation rentals. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. Now Aaron, you were you and I were kind of talking about how um you know, sometimes you want to get away, but you don't really want to you don't really have the time or the resources to actually, you know, book a flight or mm-hmm. you know, book a ro- you know, really like get too far away because you don't really have the time to like spend a lot of time away exactly you just just have like a weekend just a couple of days Mm -hmm. and that's where vacation rentals are really kind of a cool thing Mm -hmm. because for the price of like an actual flight you can kind of book a cool like cabin a cool home Mm -hmm. you know in a cool place uh, a cool town you've never been to and kind of experience something different or unique Or just something that's, like, completely in the
1: middle of nowhere. Right. Where you have all the privacy in the world for that weekend.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, or you can get, like, a bunch of your friends together and, Mm -hmm. like, hang out for a weekend and have a really good time um, without actually, you know, the stress of getting to the airport. Mm -hmm. um, Getting rides to the airport. Getting rides to the airport. Taking, you know, taking care of pets. Like, a lot of vacation rentals will, uh, some vacation rentals will let you bring pets. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a huge advantage to uh, vacation rentals. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's and it doesn't have to be
1: because sometimes people think of vacation rentals is it has to be up north on a lake or something or it has to be way off the beaten path. But I mean, we can go back to when we did my bachelor thing. We got an Airbnb in town um, that was what, like five miles, 10 miles from each of our homes, respectively. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it wasn't a super far drive, but it was nice. It wasn't our own home. It was a getaway without getting too far away
0: yep and it allowed us to like uh just take a lift to the bars we wanted to Mm -hmm. go to Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, it wasn't expensive like it was uh a little bit less than the price of a fancy hotel room Mm -hmm. but then we had the whole we had the whole home yep you know we had uh we had a nice shower we had a very nice shower we had a full kitchen like so Mm -hmm. that's that's the cool part about doing a vacation rental versus Mm -hmm. doing a hotel is you actually get like a full most of the time if you're doing like a a home versus cuz there are vacation rentals where you like rent a a room, yeah, um, which which are good good too. Like mm-hmm. those are awesome, and those are cool experiences in and of themselves because you get to meet new people. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this episode, we're actually explicitly talking about the whole the home, whole, home. whole
1: condo kind of situation.
0: Um, because neither well, I don't know about you, but I personally have never done the had the experience where you just rent a room. I've never done that. The closest I really got is I did a.
1: Um, uh, it was when I went to Boston for the first time, mm-hmm. I couldn't find a hotel that was less than $300 a night that was like right in the city. Uh, so I went to, I think booking.com and I found this kind of converted house where you had your own room and most of them had their own bathroom kind of right. thing. Um, but the room I ended up with had a twin bed and it was very narrow and it was very strange to me. Um, so like that's the closest I've got to kind of like just but having you still a had your
0: own room with a lock and everything. Exactly. Which So that's more, that's still a hotel room.
1: It's still a hotel room. It's, I mean, I. Personally, I'm not super comfortable with the idea of having, like, just a single room with a bunch of strangers renting the rest of the place.
0: Okay, but see, I've had that experience, because, like, when we went to Portland, mm-hmm. we did rent an Airbnb um, that was actually just somebody's uh, spare, like, basically, okay, so there's... Like, spare space. Well, there's a there's a term called, like, a, um, a mother-in-law suite. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the term, but it's kind of like the, the term that... Housing designers use to refer to it. I technically live in a mother-in-law suite, right? And and for those of you that aren't aware, a mother-in-law suite is essentially like a an entire. It's, it's a little entire, apartment. A little thing. apartment in a house mm-hmm. um that has like a little kitchenette. Um, it has a full bath, so you know, usually they're a shower and well, not a full bath. It usually has at least a three-quarter bath, which is yeah. a shower. shower you know a toilet um and and it has and a vanity and it has a legal bedroom in Mm -hmm. it whether that bedroom is just a bed and like an egress point so like the so like it's basically just like a lofted Mm -hmm. space where it has like an it has like a walk-in you know the bed is part of it and everything Mm -hmm. or it has an actual separate bedroom space yeah um because there are two different kinds yeah i think like we've been
1: We've been seeing like more that it they they remove mother from mother in law suite um, on the listings, but that's neither here nor there when it really comes down to it because that's just kind of a, a personal
0: right exactly thing. Um, well, and yeah, and, and when I when it, that's why I said like I don't mm-hmm. like using that term. It it still sometimes it is it is a nice thing to have in your home
1: um, because like. When you, like, you know, I, I actually stayed in the spare bed, spare bedroom studio last night cause mm-hmm. we're recording this in the morning. Um, and so when you have a home and you have a spare room, generally you're having friends over. You don't have people you don't know too well, um, just sleeping randomly in your home. Um, but it is nice when you own a home to have kind of a separate area that you can designate for whatever. It can be for visiting family. It can be for visiting friends. It could be kind of the area that you want to send your teenage child who, you know, maybe mm-hmm. m- wants a taste right. of independence, but is not yet ready to leave the home or legally can't leave. The
0: right. Home and the thing that's different about these spaces as they're actual separate locked spaces, mm-hmm. um, they actually have their own lock and key. Uh, have their own
1: separate entrance. Usually, mm-hmm.
0: exactly. So um, we digress. Mm-hmm. Basically, like uh, the cool part about these is you can rent them. Uh, you know, you can get them through Airbnb, VRBO. Um, there are a bunch of services that have popped up. Um, there are local boutique services that are available. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. Let's take let's table that for right now though, because I want to go into our specific one that that yeah. um, I attended. Um, over the Martin Luther King Jr. weekend mm-hmm. um, where we basically rent a big, huge... It's sort of a tradition with a group of friends of ours is that we, we rent a big, huge cabin and mm-hmm. we play board games and video games and stuff all weekend long.
1: There's tournaments involved. Yeah. There's a lot of drinking involved. Yes.
0: Um, <laughs> but uh, before we get into that, I want to talk about beer because okay. this isn't Travel by Proxy without a drink. Exactly. So the thing that we're actually drinking today is a sour ale... You're welcome, Aaron. Oh god. It's called Infectious <laughs> Groove. It's from Oso Brewing. That's O apostrophe SO Brewing. Um they are they are an older brewery from Wisconsin. They were established in 2007. Um I actually have been to their brewery. Oh nice. Um yeah, uh it it's been years. Years ago. Um I think uh, it was back in like maybe 2000, oh gosh, like two thousand four. Fifteen was when we were there so it's been quite a while since we've been there
1: yeah, two, but I'm go 2015 and, was five years ago now
0: yeah but I'm gonna go well that's still quite a while
1: yeah listen to that pour get a little
0: bit of a pour in there uh, because Aaron is using his uh travel by proxy Stein, yes. we now no longer can actually open the beers that we're going to taste because his stein is not very well balanced. I mean it's a very it's a very small stein. Yeah. It's like a three ounce stein. Yeah, it's cute. It's very adorable, but it's <laughs> it, it rocks a little bit. So like we, we I don't want because this uh it, the it spare bedroom studio desk is
1: so nice and new, we, we want
0: to keep it nice. Yeah. Um so we, we have to pour pre-pour the for the style. Yeah, um, and I'm not casting aspersions on the Stein. I so, love the okay, Stein. This,
1: the only thing is, like when you get a regular sized beer Stein mm-hmm. that's in the you know anywhere above 16 ounce range, um, the pewter top that's on it does not force it to fall over because the the earthenware mug that is the rest of the Stein is heavy enough to be balanced. Mm-hmm. Whereas this little tiny thing, it's adorable and it has a very cute. Um, pewter top, but it just, if the top is open, it wants to fall over unless there's liquid in it. So now that there's liquid in it, see?
0: Yep, exactly. It's perfectly fine. It's It's just as
1: soon as I take like three sips out of it, it's... (laughs) It's gonna to want to fall over again. Yep.
0: So this is uh, this is a really good. Um, this is really. I'm okay with drinking this at the time that we're recording this because it's only 3.9, mm-hmm. percent um, which is a good. That's a good alcohol per volume for a sour. I think as I think a sour really shouldn't be higher than five. Okay. I mean, occasionally you do get somebody that that amps up the 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 sour character to them, but. Um, you know, when people build a, a sour ale or a kettle sour, they're, they're trying to build them like a Berliner Weiss. And especially if you read the description on this one, oh, they're yeah. trying to make this one like a blonde and build it like a tart Berliner Weiss.
1: It says it's refreshingly tart and ends with a lightly dry finish.
0: Yeah. You're probably going to hate this. Yeah, I,
1: I, I took a quick sniff and, uh, oh boy.
0: So um, the one thing I want you to, when you smell this one... Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually smell the the lactic acid in this one. Like you, this one actually does kind of. Ha- you can smell like the, yeah. the the yeast character to it. I mean, it's not yeast, but you know what I mean. Like the mm-hmm. basically, so
1: like you can smell the fermenter. The, yeah, like the the fermentation kind of still. Going yeah, because there's
0: the well, it, it's not still going yeah, well, on because it's, it's stalled out. But yeah, there's a there's a certain kind of I've talked about this before, but there's the the, the type of yeast that's used is like a lacto, but one of the types is a lactobacilli, which is used in culturing like yogurts and cheeses and stuff. Okay, and so um, sometimes when you get a sour, you can still smell that if your if your nose is particularly attuned. Um, it does
1: not smell super pleasant to, t- to me, so I'm gonna go ahead and get the tasting out of the oh, way. Oh, I can't wait for this. Um, yeah, and me neither. Uh
0: huh. Uh huh. Oh yeah, the sour. Yeah. Oh, but his. It's very. Yeah. It's very tart, right? Oh,
1: it, it's like I suddenly sucked on like an off Sour Patch Kid.
0: hmm <laughs> Right. But the smell, like you could agree, though, the smell was, yog- was something like if you opened up like a yogurt, right? Yeah,
1: it's, I mean, it's almost like sour cream a little past its time where it's not like bad, but it's mm-hmm. got more funk. Um, man, the only thing I can taste now, because I had this like really intense... Heart, mm-hmm. like it like I had to pucker. Right. And and now I just taste bread. That's okay. I mean, that makes perfect sense for what it is. Um, but it's uh Man, it it tastes like brown bread. So it yeah. tastes like off-brown bread.
0: So you know what? Um you know what to me, if that that kind of flavor that you're going for there, have you ever taken um like wonder bread mm-hmm. and mashed it into a little tiny bread ball? Mm-hmm. And then eating that bread ball, I usually um, I usually put peanut butter in the middle. Okay, and then do that, but without the peanut butter, I've never done it without the peanut butter. Have you done it with any other bread? No. Okay, well go and do that because that is kind of the flavor that sometimes hits my palate when I'm tasting um, when I'm tasting when I get beer. This definitely
1: was more like a brown bread, so like okay. there was there was some nuttiness to it. Um, it's really weird because it's like making me salivate mm-hmm. because it's trying to co- like my body is now trying to compensate for that weird shock yeah. of the tartness.
0: Well, and that's what it that's what a sour um mm-hmm. does. Like a sour really should really should make you salivate because the 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 tart flavors, tart flavors do encourage um salivation. Hmm. Um Very th- that's strange. why people like uh, that's why people like to eat tart flavors. They t- that's why people like bitter. Weird. It's cuz bitter encourages you to salivate. Salivate. Um it's it's just a weird uh, palate profile to that's you. It's weird. Um, uh, yeah, cuz I don't I don't generally do
1: sour anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, usually I will eat sour patch kid because
0: I thought it was more of a like jelly baby. Yeah. And then it's like mm. In terms of the sours that I've had you taste how would how does this one compare to the other ones um i mean it's been a while since we've tasted a sour but i think like This
1: one was this one was very interesting um, as far as this is the first time that I've really had that like really intense sour Mm -hmm. followed by just kind of like bread. Right. Because I've never I've never had a moment where I just actually tasted bread when I tasted a beer. I've tasted like bread type
0: notes, Mm -hmm. but I've never had that moment where my body is just like, yeah, you just had bread in your mouth. So of the ones that I've had you taste, Mm -hmm. this is probably the closest to like a traditional Berliner Weiss that we've tasted on the show. Okay. Just because the alcohol content isn't super high. Yeah, because usually
1: usually we've hit closer
0: to like 5, mm -hmm. 5.5. It's a very light bodied beer. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And it's blonde. So like the coloring on this one, um, for our listeners at home, it's very it's yellow, like it's gold. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's a little bit of uh, light filtration, um, like a tiny bit of cloudiness to it. It almost looks like a honey syrup, like you've added Mm -hmm. water to honey
1: to kind of make it pourable.
0: Yeah, um, it's a it's a wheat beer. So um, that would really explain like Mm -hmm. that, that brown bread kind of flavor that you're getting from it. Yeah, it's, you know.
1: It's gone away since I don't think I want to go back for a second tasting, and that's perfectly fine. I don't blame um, you. But it it was a very strange and very visceral moment. Um, again, where it just it went super sour, and then all of a sudden it just bread. Okay, just
0: bread. Well, let's talk about this specific. Uh, let's talk about this uh, specific Wisconsin Wisconsin um, brewery brewery. So Oso Brewing is a pretty cool. Um, it's a pretty cool brewery. Uh, they like the reason I kind of like them is they've been around for a very long time. Um, they they started as a like a home brew supply shop, mm-hmm. um, known as Point Brew Supply, and they eventually um, became like a one of the fastest brewing growing breweries in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they produce. Um, at one point, around at one point, they produced around forty American craft, or craft beers. Oh wow! And then when you visit their tap room, they have a oh. lot of beer on tap. That's a bite. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's not just their beer; like they they try to like highlight different. Do beer. they do other
1: kind of like local distill their breweries that they work with, or um,
0: so they? I, I believe they actually have a whole bunch of different ones. It's been a while since I've been there. Um us so the menu up. So on their menu, they have a lot of their beers on tap. Mm-hmm. Um, can you see it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they have their beers on tap. Like you can tell that they do. They they've gone through a good run of their sours. Well, they
1: did a lot of sours over the last mm-hmm. uh, year and a half. Well, two you, years.
0: Um, so like probably two or three years ago, there was a movement to Berliner Weiss was kind of the mm. the real thing. Um, in terms of making beer got it and then hazy ipas have kind of come around mm-hmm. but it looks like actually most of the ones on tap there are their beers
1: when it's always possible that you know what they have on tap at the tap room is not entirely listed all the time on the mm-hmm. website because yeah. that's you know that's one thing i've found yeah i'm sorry i'm
0: mistaken yeah. everything that they have is their beer wow and they don't have guest beers so uh sorry for misspeaking Oh so, you have a ton of great beer. Um it again, it has been a very long time since I've been there. Oh yeah. Um but we did go on a tour when I was there. Um and it, it's cool. They have like uh they have huge um they have huge fermentation tanks. <laughs> They've got huge fermentation, fermentation tanks,
1: tanks. <laughs> for the Monty Python fans
0: up yes. there. Yes um you see you get to see like really neat really neat like uh like you know uh really neat like i mean so are the tanks like right behind the tap area or um, is it in a separate space so like so like you walk in and like there's this like walkthrough area where you get to see some cool um you kind of get to see them a little bit from the the tap area you
1: can see all the ridiculous stainless steel everything Mm -hmm. the tubes and the yeah exactly
0: definitely so um, they also have their madhouse, which is kind of a cool thing, too. Um, what to is, what is, do, is there? Is that like a madhouse, a, a thing or do they just call it a madhouse? So they have their madhouse and they have their tap house. The madhouse is a separate um, location where you can get beer, uh, taste beer. Oh, OK. So like a lot of breweries that are larger do this. Um, they have a they have like their tap house, which is like their production facility that has a tap room associated with it. Mm-hmm. And then they have a tasting room. OK. Where you can go and taste other beer. Got it. Um, and it's actually kind of cool to do this. Oh, cool. I see gluten-free they beers. They have gluten-free beers. They um, have like... some, They have hard seltzers there, too. Oh, wow. That's really neat. Watermelon kiwi? Rock on. Oh, so. I respect you immensely. Y'all are cool. Um,
1: gluten-free beers are not easy to do.
0: So they distribute in Wisconsin... And the Minnesota metro area. They also distribute in Illinois.
1: And St. Louis County of Minnesota and they have for an, some reason. they have
0: an online retailer too. Oh, cool. So. And I mean, because th- this is also
1: one of those things, I'm pretty sure if you go to a local liquor store, they may be able to kind of work with Oso to get, mm-hmm. you know, a couple cases or something yeah. for you um, to, to try out. But, you know, always contact. You can contact them directly. um, Go to their website, which we'll link in the in the show show notes. notes. Um, And then, you know, if you if you're in an area that uh, they don't currently serve, you might be able to reach out to them, kind of work with a local distributor to uh, see what you can get done on that.
0: Yeah. So um, we're going to go ahead and transition to the place that I stayed at for our cabin con. Mm -hmm. So the first year that we did cabin con, um, we stayed at. It was a smaller endeavor, and we stayed at this place called uh, Springbook in Wisconsin Dells. Okay. Um, it was a really nice place. It had a uh, g- like basically king beds in every room. Oh, nice. Um, and it was like a so. Um, before I get into that, though, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Muskie River Lodge because this is the place that we actually stayed at, and it's the reason that we're doing Wisconsin for the episode. Yes. Um, here, there's a little bit of background. Okay. That people have to kind of understand. So, our list—not well, all of our listenership is based out of Minnesota, Wisconsin. Correct. In in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and uh, to a lesser extent some of our surrounding states, we have this uh, concept called up north. Mm-hmm. That's north without an H on it. Yeah. And up north is a concept of anywhere that is not where you live, and it could be south. It could be
1: east. It could, could be, be west. west. Um, it could be north. It a lot of times is, mm-hmm.
0: to be fair. Um, but and to be fair, to be fair. Anyway, um, we uh, so what it is is you have a lot of like people here for some odd reason, if they're affluent or not, have a cabin that they go mm-hmm. to.
1: A lot of times there are, you know, you will have several families that will go in together and they will basically on their own create a timeshare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you'll get four four f- sets of friends that all want to have a cabin but can't individually own a cabin. And they buy one yep. together. And then they just kind of uh, p- parse out the weeks and months. And then sometimes they will put them on an Airbnb yep. or VRBO and kind of like try to use that to make a little bit of income off mm-hmm. of the property so that it pays for itself a little bit more
0: so the thing about going up north for a cabin is it's different than doing a vacation rental Mm -hmm. when you when we went to Springbrook it was a a fancy like um it was an actual fancy like community Mm -hmm. basically like a golf course community so it was a very nice like granite countertop Mm -hmm. like king bed in every room it had a huge like movie theater room that had like easy chairs that you could sit in and watch like projector screen nice This place was called the Musky River Lodge. Gotcha. And the Musky River Lodge was a converted bed and breakfast in Tomahawk, Wisconsin, with a bar in the basement. Yes. A bar that my dad drank at when he was (laughs) our age. That's awesome. Yeah. uh, Because my dad grew up in... uh, in Wisconsin and Michigan. Like, my grandma lived in Tomahawk, Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, it's like, I'm kind of going through some of the little photos, which, by the way, these are adorable. Yeah,
0: um I used a little bit of my work points to get this little thing called an Instax printer. Um It's like a, so, y- you know, like, uh, Polaroid yeah, things?
1: Yeah, it's like an, it, it's... It's the same. uh, It's kind of a very similar cartridge to a Polaroid photo. But are these like digital photos
0: that you can then print out? No, it's cool. Well, so what happens is, is you use like an Instax app and one person at a time can connect to it or multiple people can connect to your phone, which is connected to the printer and you can do like a party print kind of thing. Oh, wow. Um, And then like you just take pictures with the app and they print out on that little pink printer over there. Okay. Do you, does it keep a digital copy of that photo? Yes, it does. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. So you still have the digital copy That's as well. That's awesome. hmm But it's neat. And then you get, like, all these little, like, Polaroid-y pictures that you can... Oh, I love this bar. You can keep. Mm-hmm. It's very, like... It's so... It's so
1: I have a Northwoods, Wisconsin. I have a love for the, like, quote-unquote home bar that is... Okay, if you watch a lot of the videos from like Architectural Digest, and they're like, "Look at your bar," and it's got the like the marble waterfall kind of countertop, like everybody is doing these days when they're really really wealthy, you you know, those look really nice. I love it's just kind of plywood with some banding around it, and um, you know, it's it's nothing too fancy. It looks like you're going to a very fun little place um, off the beaten path. And that's I mean, looking at this bar, you know, it's got a little like dropped rail to put uh, like cocktails that you're crafting um, onto it before you put it up onto the main bar. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's, you know, it's pretty well maintained, but it's not like really fancy reclaimed wood. It is definitely like, oh, okay, that's a better shot of it. That is a huge bar.
0: Yeah, it's a it's an because this place was actually it was used an active as a bar. bar. Like there's a back room that had like had a tables and mm-hmm. like pool and everything. Like when it was a functioning bar. And so now you can just rent this whole facility for With, you and your
1: friends. And it's what thirteen bedrooms. Yeah, thirteen I I bedrooms.
0: Correctly? It sleeps. Uh, it sleeps. Uh, it's got twelve bedrooms. Um, and it sleeps twenty five. Yeah. It's 8,900 square feet during the winter. It's like 540 a night mm-hmm. um, during the summer. The price goes up. Now, here's the thing because it is kind of like right on. Oh, 13 bedrooms. Sorry. Here's the thing, though. During uh, it's rustic mm-hmm. because it's Wisconsin and it's obviously a cabin. Yeah. So it has some plumbing issues. Mm-hmm. It has some electrical issues. Well, I mean this uh, w-
1: this thing was built in the like what sixties at, Ye- at the at the at closest probably
0: yeah. Now, I would go back. Mm-hmm. I know some people that won't. Okay, which is why we'll probably pick a new place. Which is okay, but um, I think it's cool, and I think it was a really neat experience. I think though, that's and that's something- why vacation rentals are cool.
1: Yeah, and that's something to kind of touch on because, um, with the time we've got left. Vacation rentals are what you make of them and what they are for the area. Yeah. So, will there be some times where you find a place that's super amazing and it's just like, it's basically like walking into a millionaire's home? Yeah, you will find those places and you will pay for them. Yeah. If you're, if you, if you want to like take a little bit of a, like an adventure and spend a little bit less money, um, you might find something that's really great and just has a little bit of kind of, I guess, character, you could call mm-hmm. it. Um, but because we're looking at a different one right now that's got its own part. pontoon rental. Um, it's on Mille Lacs, and it's that one it says 10 bedrooms 16 plus guests 21 beds six baths and this one is closer to 840 or 850 a night almost
0: plus like taxes fees, plus and taxes everything.
1: fees so for a three night stay it's 3500 dollars.
0: and it you know it sleeps 16 plus i think we would probably fit like if you had filled all the beds yeah and it's 21 beds so mm-hmm. if you had one person per bed That's not a bad deal if you can fill it. No, yeah. And I mean, it's like that's
1: these are the kind of things that you don't just rent Mm -hmm. out with your spouse to go alone unless you have that kind of money. Um, But this is this is great for exactly what Andrea was talking about, which is you get a big, big group of people together and you go, um, you know, spend a weekend as a as a group of friends playing games and drinking and just having a great time.
0: Now, here's a tip, though. Mm -hmm. Here's a tip that I want to give to our listeners. Okay. And I wanted to make sure I got this into the podcast. Mm -hmm. When you're looking at vacation rentals specifically, especially Mm -hmm. these like big professional vacation rentals. If you see something that says like hosted by the name of a company rather than the name of a person. Mm -hmm. Always Google the company name. Yeah. Because if you Google the company name, you can sometimes find a cheaper booking. With the company directly. Website. When we did our thing in Malax, I found this really cute room at like this Mayhew thing. Mm-hmm. I googled the company name and it turns out there was this like inn that we could go to. Oh. Yeah. And it was cheaper through that. Well, that's awesome. Do you have any vacation hacks for us? If you do, you should feel free to hit us up. Fans at TravelByProxy.com or our Facebook page, Travel by Proxy.
1: Our closing music is uh, Now We're Talking by Jarex. Our Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex. That one's copyright 2012. Uh, the Now We're Talking by Jarex, which is now playing, is copyright 2015. Both licensed under that Creative
0: Commons attribution 3.0 license, and both can be found at dig. dig.ccmixter.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we wish you a look out, look out your window. Walking with you and Now we're talking about Things and places, all the names And the faces of the people that you love